From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop Turtle Creek Village, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your host, Ryan Trimble, hanging out on beautiful, beautiful fall day in Dallas. Joined, of course, by a man who loves the great outdoors. He, of course, Sean P. Williams. Sean, good day, sir. How are you? Good day. Good day, Ryan Trimble. Um, I, I do like the outdoors and I, you know, it's on beautiful days like today. You know, I today, Ryan Trimble, um, this morning after taking Malia to school, I got home and I did a little rucking. Got my ruck pack out <laughs> with my 10 pound weight in it. And, you know, we live in one of the most scenic parts of town right there on the escarpment that heads down towards the hill country. I'm learning. Your favorite and, part of the of Dallas, the escarpment. Yes. And and so I, I did like a 30 minute, you know, walk with my rug pack. I was just really I was I was doing great, man. Like it was perfect weather, probably about four degrees too cool for me, but near perfect weather. Had my rug pack on. I had my music in, you know, listening to, you know, Drake or whatever it was. It was perfect. Drake. <laughs> it was perfect. And then I walked face first into a spider web. <laughs> oh man. And I I was I was jumping. I was doing a hot foot. I was doing everything slapping I could. Your yes, face. Everything yeah. I could. Like, <laughs> is it on me? Just slapping my face, the back of my head. Thankfully, I didn't run into the street. Um, but but that's okay because I kept rolling because I, I I have to, you know, we learn and, and we have to persevere, right? That's what we're teaching our, our kids. That's right, man. You and spiders. I mean, you've got you're running into spider webs, you're you got these door-to-door tarantulas knocking man, on your door. When I when I the night of the storm, the last storm, I was taking my dog out and I opened the door, and in the same place that the trench was was the biggest frog you have ever seen looking <laughs> right up at us, like ready to just jump right in. And once again, <laughs> I just slammed the door and had to regroup, you know? Have you considered your home's pest control, sir? Ribbit. <laughs> Last story on this topic. Miss, Mrs. Williams, Judge Mrs. Williams, Mrs. Judge Williams was uh-huh. coming out to take that. When we were in Jackson, she was taking the dog out. And she opened the door <laughs> to let the dog out. And in the middle of the backyard is a skunk. Oh, man. But, but right, the price you pay for living in one of the most beautiful scenic parts of town, it's, right it's on, on the escarpment leading down to the hill country, right? <laughs> the northernmost tip of the escarpment, Sean. So anyway, uh, part of also what I wanted to do on this part was just say, I had a great visit with Robert Kent, his team, and uh, we did a tour um, out at Five Mile Creek Greenbelt this morning. And it's a part of town. Another part of town is beautiful that I used to live in, in two different parts. I used to live south of there and north of there, and even still saw some views um, that you know that I had never even seen before. But I know you have a chance because you work so closely with them to do that tour quite a bit. Uh, yes, I do. I mean, I love it. I, I don't know if it's you call it slot canyons or what, but it's definitely really cool because they're, you know, uh, uh, rock bottom creeks, not like, you know, the creeks coming off White Rock. They're they're mud bottom or some like East Texas creeks that are muddy. 
I always joke with our friend Robert. It's like, man, here's your retirement plan. You're going to set up a beer and inner tube shop right here on Five Mile Creek and sell inner tubes, you know, in the rainy season, of course. <laughs> of course. Six, six packs, and you guys can just, you know, you can just cruise on down the river in your inner tube, Robert. Well, it was, again, perfect weather for the tour that we did. And, you know, as we got out there, just before you get to Keist and, walked across the street um, near Keystwood Trail and looked out onto, you know, opening of the creek, actual creek. There was an egret that flew like literally over our heads and landed in the creek bed. And I was thinking, man, Ryan Trimble really dialed it up. I, I can't believe he was able to order that bird to come yeah, right I, in at that time. I called my egret guy this morning to make sure that he was uh, going to be there, you know. So well, glad you great, great job to you. Um, and, Thanks so much to Robert, you know, for, you know, just the work that he's doing. And we really appreciate working with them. I wanted to um, jump in, Ryan, because we have got a great guest. We have got Frankie Gonzalez from the Bishop Arts Theater Center. He is the playwright in residence at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. And he is the playwright who has adapted the tragedy of Othello, which is going to be playing at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. Man, I, I remember reading Othello in high school, and do you didn't Lawrence Fishburne play Othello in a in a movie? I think he did. Now this is obviously Frankie has done a number on this story. I'm sh I, I know. Yeah, and I, I think man, we're both guessing here. But I I think also in a recent adaptation, there may be even one with um, I feel like with Denzel Washington on Apple Plus. Maybe I need to go look and see on that. But, um, you know, Frankie is coming on to talk about not only Othello, but also the 30th anniversary season of the Bishop Arts Theater Center. Teresa Coleman-Wash has been a friend and also a church member of mine uh, for over 20 years. And so I've seen the growth of Bishop Arts Theater Center and the work that they do. And of course, we worked with our other client, the All-Stars Project, earlier this year when um, the Bishop Arts Theater Center hosted the 1619 One Act Play uh, Play Festival as well. And so I'm really excited to, to see the tragedy of Othello. I'm really excited to talk to Frankie about the adaptation where um, the lead role will, will, will center around a Black woman as a head football coach um, here in Dallas, which, man, you talk about adaptation. And you talk about a play that's probably written just for us to go see, Sean. I mean, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, let's not waste any more time. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Frankie Gonzalez. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We will be right back. Deconstructing Dallas, my colleague Ryan Trimble isn't able to join today, but I have the pleasure of interviewing and chatting with Frankie Gonzalez today. Frankie is the playwright in residence at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. Frankie, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Sean. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So first off, uh, you know, really want to 
let our listeners know about what you're doing at Bishop Arts Theater. Want to let our listeners know about the upcoming production you have of Othello, but uh, want to really learn about you first. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a playwright. I was born originally in Queens, New York, but I've lived in Texas since ooh, 2007. Yeah, since around okay. 2007. Uh, I lived in Florida previously before that, and uh, we, we moved out from there. Uh, uh, over here in, in around 2007. I've just uh, been really enjoying myself in Texas. I caught the theater bug out here. Uh, and uh, I've, I've been pursuing it since, basically since I moved out here. I've also done um, some television work. I worked on Netflix's uh, 13 Reasons Why oh, and awesome. some other projects that never made it to production that no one will ever know about. So, um, But uh, I, I consider Dallas to be my home. And so even though I work in uh, the TV film business, I, I always come back to Dallas and I'm, I'm based out of here. But you, you talked a little bit about catching the theater bug. And so I really want to know more about kind of where that passion came from and, and really what got you on this track. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've always wanted to be a writer since I was like five. Um, and what got me started was actually hip hop music. Uh, my uncle one time left this Walkman uh, at, at, at the apartment up in Queens. And okay. I listened to it one day and it was Biggie Smalls' uh, album, Ready to Die. And a five-year-old shouldn't be listening to that. Uh, but I just fell in love with the words. Uh, everything that 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 he was uh, rapping about, everything that 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 he he created, just the way that he made stories, made me fall in love with uh, with words and lyrics. And I quickly realized I wasn't a very good rapper. Uh, I realized I wasn't a, a great poet either. Uh, but I wanted to write. I, I my short stories weren't that great. I didn't have the attention span for novels. And when we moved out to Texas, we were enrolling me in in high school and my mother said you're going to take a theater class and i said nah mom i don't want to take a theater class that's that's not no i'm not going to mm -hmm. do that and she said you're going to take this theater class uh and you're going to be uh educated and cultured unlike your deadbeat dad <laughs> and so uh um i took the class and the teacher she saw that i love to read books because i was i always wanted to um learn in order to learn how to write well you should read the best uh, literature, and I don't know what the book was, but she she saw that I, I liked reading, and she asked me, "Have I ever read a play before?" I said, "Yeah, sure." In English class, you know, like you mm -hmm. read Shakespeare or something like that, but uh, she said, "No, no, no." Have you ever read a play for like to read it? And I said, "No." She handed me three plays: Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot, Six Characters in Search of an Author by Luigi Pirandello, and Federico Garcia Lorca's Blood Wedding. That was it. I read those in one night and I knew this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be a playwright. And I've just pursued it since then, uh, since the age of 16. I'm, I'm 32 now. So about half my life has been consumed uh, in the world of playwriting. And from 16 to 27, it was nothing but rejections. I won't lie. It was, it was just nothing but no's. Try again next year. We really appreciate you submitting all of that. And um, finally, uh, things started taking off. You know, I got uh, involved with the Bishop Arts Theater Center. Uh, and they very much encouraged me and they encouraged my my love of writing. They connected me to the Dramatist Guild along with the uh, playwright Doug Wright. Um, Doug became my mentor. Teresa became a mentor. And uh, my career took off from there. And, and that eventually led towards television. And then um, here we are today, really. Man, man, that's awesome. And I know you're not the first person, whether you're five or like 18 or 19 to, to be inspired by the notorious big i mean yeah. one more chance is still still my favorite still Ooh, my favorite. yes yes the whole catalog <laughs> yes um 
So, so, you know, speaking of which, it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop. It's the 30th anniversary season for the Bishop Arts Theater Center. And so, you know, I'd love to know, you know, what you and Teresa and and everybody at the Bishop Arts Theater Center have in store for this 30th anniversary season. Absolutely. We have um, we're we're very excited about this season in in particular because we're really trying to um, highlight and showcase not just what the Bishop Arts Theater Center offers, but what uh, Dallas's community as a whole offers. Um, so we're, of course, we're starting the season up with uh, with Othello, uh, an adaptation that I wrote, uh, starring the the absolutely amazing, inimitable Denise Lee. Um, and we're going to be moving on from there into our um, seasonal, uh, every season we do this, the production of Black Nativity, inspired by Langston Hughes' um, play. And then we're going to be moving into our Band Books uh, Festival, which will feature six local um, Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth-based playwrights who are going to be writing 10-minute plays in response to a book that is banned uh, somewhere in the U.S. or across the U.S. And in this this year, it's going to be um, The Sum of Us by Heather McGee. Uh, last year, we did um, uh, The 1619 Project, and the year before that, we did How to Be an Anti-Racist. And we just make these, um, we do this festival to really highlight the book, to bring together local voices and to bring together actors from communities that we maybe haven't gotten a chance to interact with and, and, and introduce ourselves and introduce each other to, to what we can offer and, and show that we're stronger together. Um, after that, we're going to be moving into our uh, collaboration with Dallas Theater Center on um, uh, Fanny. Uh, it's going to be a really wonderful, wonderful uh, production with Dallas Theater Center uh, that we're looking very much forward to. Uh, more details are going to come on that soon. And then I uh, believe that we're going to be closing out our season with Amy Evans's Jet Fuel, uh, which is a really wonderful uh, play that, you know, coinciding with the Olympics, this is going to be about track and field and the kinds of conversations that are being had around uh, track and field and um a lot of the stuff that happens, particularly in women's track and field, that that you might have seen in the news and everything. I don't want to spoil too much, right, but right. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be really, really uh, a great season, and we just really want to highlight um, the strength and the diversity of viewpoints in the Dallas community, and and I think that with our with this thirtieth season, uh, we're really capturing that uh, very well. Before we take a break, I want to ask a question about the production of the tragedy of Othello that's coming yes. out in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we're going to talk at the break about the play specifically. But, you know, when you take a work like Othello that's so iconic, it's so well known, hundreds of years old, uh, how do you make it relevant for today? What does it take to to bring it to life in, in for for today's audiences? Yeah, that, that's always the great question about Shakespeare is um you know, Shakespeare is the, is the preeminent dramatist of the English language. Um, a third of our language is purportedly, it comes from Shakespeare's plays. And when you look at all of his plays, if you were to put them on uncut right now, you'd be looking at about three, four, five hours in terms of how long you'd be sitting there listening to the plays. And um, the thing about having such a, a tremendously gifted playwright who understood the hearts and minds of people um, and was philosopher and psychologist before philosophy and psychology were really uh, in, in vogue is that you have lots of themes that you can explore. And Othello in particular has themes um, that I think a lot of people can relate to that are, are, are centered uh, 
that are central to the discussion uh, that we have, not just in the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth community, but, but nationally and globally. What do we do about aging? What do we do when we're trying to exist in a space that doesn't necessarily welcome us? Uh, what do we do when we don't feel like we can trust anyone after years and years of doing it by yourself and um, feeling like everything that you do, there's always eyes on you, obstacles. Um, Shakespeare saw all of that. And so really it's about finding the essentials and finding the story that we want to tell within that story, um, taking the ideas, taking the themes, and then making it our own and making it something that will speak to audiences right now. Uh, Othello takes place in Italy uh, and there's a war that happens and all of that. Well, we're not in Italy. We don't have a war that happens. But what's the closest thing that's a war that happens in a, a kind of city-state like Dallas, which has its own real identity, is football. That is our identity in many ways. And, and so when we were talking about what kind of a Shakespeare we should adapt, it became very clear. This is how we make this a uniquely Dallas experience. We bring football. We bring the questions that we have surrounding age, race, um, women in the workplace, women in, 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 in positions that are not generally welcome, welcoming to women. And we, we take Shakespeare as the kind of blueprint for that and apply our own interpretation uh, to that. This is Deconstructing Dallas. I am Sean Williams Sands, Ryan Trimble today. I'm talking to Frankie Gonzalez. He is the playwright in residence at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. When I come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the tragedy of Othello and make sure that everybody knows how to get there, uh, because I know this is something that you're going to want to see. So um, hang with us through the break. We'll be right back after this. Hey everyone, it's your pal Ryan here, and boy do I have exciting news for you. For three consecutive weekends, starting October 19th, the Bishop Arts Theatre Center will kick off its 30th anniversary season with the world premiere of Frankie D. Gonzalez's new play, The Tragedy of Othello. Now, this isn't the same Othello you remember from your high school English class. This is a new and exciting update on the classic story. It centers on Imani Othello, who encounters racism, sexism, and ageism after being named the first black woman head coach of a football team. The incredible Denise Lee will be bringing the heat in the role of Othello. The Tragedy of Othello begins October 19th and runs through November 5th, 2023 for three consecutive weekends at the Bishop Arts Theater Center located at 215 South Tyler Street in Dallas. Tickets can be purchased at www.bishopartstheater.org or by calling the box office at 214-948-0716, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Ticket prices range from $18 to $35 and CSER general admission. Discounts are available for seniors, students, and groups of 15 or more. The Tragedy of Othello is presented by the Dallas Foundation. Be sure to get your tickets today.
Welcome back. I'm Sean Williams. No Ryan Trimble today. This is Deconstructing Dallas, and I'm talking to Frankie Gonzalez. He is the playwright in residence at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. We are talking about the tragedy of Othello that will be kicking off on October 19th here in Dallas at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. If you've never been, you have got to get down. Um, Frankie, I want to just know a little bit more about the production of um Othello, who's in it in the in your production? Kind of what can our audience expect when they when they show up at the theater? Absolutely. Um, the so this is a brand new play written specifically for the Bishop Arts Theater Center, and it was written uh, specifically with uh, one actor particularly in mind, and that is Denise Lee, who is going to be playing Othello. It's a reimagining of the play itself, in which Othello is going to be uh, played by a black woman who, instead of becoming the head of the armed forces in Venice is going to become the head of the um, Dallas football team, uh, America's most beloved team. Uh, and uh, she has to maneuver um, all of the intricacies and the politics that happen in the background and the resistance that she faces as well as trying to guide her team through, uh, through the season. It's going to be starring some really wonderful people. Uh, Jericho Thomas is going to be playing Othello's erstwhile nemesis uh, Iago. Uh, John Gerard will be playing a new reimagined uh, Desdemona. He's going to be called Desmond Mitchell, a wide receiver mm. with the Dallas football team. Um, and um, the part of Cassio, uh, Othello's right-hand man, is going to also be reimagined as a woman as well, played by Riley, Riley Turner, and she's going to be called uh, Michaela Cassio. Those are the, the big four. We also have some other uh, parts that uh, have been merged, reimagined, and recut for this play. There are many plays, uh, there are many uh, parts in the uh, in the play Othello, um, but we, we had to slim it down a little bit to make it a little bit more manageable and not have a 20-person cast right. or something like that. So uh, we're, of course, going to have the uh, some several of the characters that are very much opposed to Othello merge into one character uh, called Mr. Mitchell, uh, Desmond's father, Desdemona's father in the original play. And then, of course, the the prince of uh, of Venice will uh, now be replaced by the owner of the Dallas uh, football team. Uh, uh, Jameson is, is going to be his name. And uh, we'll also have a, a wonderful um, kind of chorus of, of individuals, the, the O-line, uh, who will be there almost making commentary throughout the play. And, and you'll you'll be left wondering about what role they play really as, as, as the play, uh, as the play unfolds. Um, it's been really, really wonderful uh, to uh, get to work with everyone because it's such a brand new play. It's unlike other plays where it's kind of set in stone and mm -hmm. you have to just work with what's given to you and you, you can't really change anything. This has been an open conversation and a dialogue between myself, uh, Denise, the director, the assistant director, everyone that's involved in the production uh, we're trying to make this something that really fits uh, everyone's particular uh, range, capabilities. And so uh, because this is a, a brand new, uh, hot off the presses play, uh, these actors really get to make it their own. And when, they're, when they come to me and say, hey, this line's really not working for me. It sounds awkward when I say it. Is there something we could do? I, being the living playwright, could say, yeah, absolutely. Let's, mm -hmm. let's change it here. Or try it this way or, or, or something like that. It, it becomes an interesting collaborative conversation uh, approaching this play. And it makes it very different from really any other play experience that I've had where my plays are more set in stone. 
they're developed, they're ready to go. And I tell the the directors and the actors, figure it out somehow. Um, <laughs> whereas with this one, because we really didn't take it the traditional development route, mm-hmm. uh, we only did one reading of it. We're really finding the show within the show itself and kind of, um, you know, molding it in such a way that this becomes a unique experience that is really going to highlight everyone's strengths. And that, that's, it's been such a pleasure uh, working on that. Uh, process and it's an it's an interesting different process, but one that I think is going to ultimately yield um, uh, an unforgettable experience uh, when people come to see it at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. So you mentioned that that you wrote it um, or it's kind of written with Denise Lee in mind yes. uh, in the lead role, and so I'm wondering, you know, a, a very accomplished actress, obviously, uh, but what um, what was it about her that you knew that this was going to be just kind of where you needed to go? Uh, with this such because also because it's such a unique production and such a, a unique spin on it. So what was it about Denise Lee that, that made you know that this is the way to go? The, specifically, the thing is that Denise has such a presence to her. Um, she's such a warm, kind individual. But when she plays serious, oh, my gosh, she she makes you intimidated. And I really wanted to play with the full range of uh, Denise's abilities as an actor, she can be tender, she can be funny, she can be uh, quick, she can uh, act surprised, she does everything. Uh, the only thing I don't have her doing is singing <laughs> in this entire mm-hmm. thing. She, she, uh, and she can sing, she's got pipes too. Um, and uh, I just don't know how to write song lyrics. Uh, but <laughs> um, in knowing that we had an actor that was interested in working with the Bishop Park Theater Center and working with, with one of my plays, I knew we had to give her something um, that she probably had never seen before. The opportunity to do a adaptation of Shakespeare that is tailor made for her. Um, Shakespeare doesn't really have, he has, you know, black men uh, as characters in his plays. Uh, the two most famous being, of course, Othello himself and Aaron the Morin in, in Titus Andronicus. But he really doesn't have the same thing for, uh, for black women. And uh, to give this role to her, especially uh, Othello, it seemed like the perfect fit when we were thinking about what, what can we make for Denise? Because um, Othello not only deals with the questions of racism, he also deals with the questions of age. Uh, he deals with the questions of whether or not uh, he should be with someone as, as young as, as Desdemona in the play. And I think the question of age is much more prescient and much more really front and center in the life of a woman than it is for a man. And so we could really highlight and touch on that uh, a lot more. And it would seem a lot more immediate and a lot more um, contemporary. Uh, So it it really just, it worked uh, to have Denise be uh, Othello. This, this new imagined Othello, uh, Imani is, is her name. This one, Imani Othello. And uh, because the play plays on the entire range of what I know Denise can do. Uh, and so it, it was really just a perfect fit in that sense. This is Deconstructing Dallas. I'm Sean Williams. I am talking to Frankie Gonzalez, playwright in residence at the Bishop Arts Theater Center. Football, Texas. I mean, you know, they, they go together, right? They're, it's just mm-hmm. a thing. And, and so, you know, to bring football into this production uh, in a place where there are virtually almost no women, Almost no black women. You know, I think about uh, there's a woman of color now that I see as a referee 
uh, on games, on the NFL games that I see time, sometimes on Sundays, but very rarely. And so, you know, I, I got to think that, you know, gender, race, you know, that those are huge themes, uh, including some of the others that, that you'll, will be seeing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, especially uh, gender, race, age, uh, and uh, relationship dynamics, I think, are some of the, the, the biggest things that uh, we highlight in the play. Um, these are central to our conversation right now uh, as we talk about who is welcome in what space, who actually can be part of something. And when you do have a position of power, we explore, do you actually have a position of power? Because, uh, you know, as, as, as anyone knows, as you move up the ranks in anything, uh, you're more and more answerable to other people that somehow are in the background but are more powerful than the people mm -hmm. you thought were the most powerful of all. End of the day, everyone is, is answerable to the team owner. Uh, and that's that's very true, especially in Dallas, mm -hmm. uh, where, where, where there is Sounds a for me. Sounds for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, and, and yet we, we assume that... Um, just because one has this mantle that they have power. And the thing is, is that power is only granted by those who consent to be governed. And when you face resistance, um, do you actually have power? Is it tenuous? Is it something that is a bit of a, uh, of a, of a trap of a kind? And I think that's something that women, especially black women, are facing all the time as they're moving up the the ladder of these different industries and taking the reins. Um, they meet with the most disrespect. They meet with the most uh, open defiance. They meet with the most criticism for every single thing that they do. And uh, for me, also, the fact that Dallas is such a football culture, you know, it has, it's, it's such a strong football culture. Um, to me, there is nothing that is more um, you know, uh, war and uh, politics than football out here. Um, it is the the sacrificing of 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 your body. These these guys that go out there all the time uh, and risk everything. Really, we we see so many tragedies that happen, uh, whether over time or on the field itself. And the same is true of coaches. Coaches live and die by the by their win loss record. They live and die by their playoff appearances and that pressure to be placed on you uh, to always produce excellence. And that's one of the biggest things that I think um, we're wanting to cover is when a person of color, never mind that it, a, a woman, it's even worse for a woman of color, but when a person of color is given any kind of position of authority or responsibility, the expectation is that they have to be excellent, you know, that we, we hear about black and brown excellence at all times. And yet, Others are given this grace to fail. Others are given these opportunities right, right. <laughs> always yeah. to like experiment. Oh, it's just a transitional season. It's right. just a this, that. And That's what I say. Every season, somebody goes two and 15. In, yep. in college, somebody goes, you know, three and nine. But mm -hmm. you know, as a black coach, you know, if there's a black coach, like if you don't hit that mark, you may have mm -hmm. one more shot. But there's so many that, you know, that you don't get yeah. that second shot. Exactly. And that's really the pressure that we're really exploring, the pressure cooker that Imani lives under. And I think one of the things that we really try to explore is the fact that um, everyone else gets a mentor. But when you're the first, you're figuring it out by yourself. You have no one to turn to. You have no one that you can speak to for experience or wisdom on, 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 on certain matters. And when you are the first, 
the mistakes that you make become that much more amplified, that much more magnified for people to scrutinize, for people to criticize, for people to to attack and 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 really um, find ways to turn on you with. And that's really what the play um, tries to explore using the framework of Othello um, is is just that is what what do you do? Uh, I think the log line that that I wrote for this was. What happens? What waits for you after you've shattered the glass ceiling and you have to land on the floor? You just have glass waiting for your feet. That's really it. Um, and that that those are some of the things that excite me about this production. Um, and that Denise especially embodies so well, being a woman who has attained the reputation that she has and has done the things that she has. Um, and to have the leader of the Bishop Art Theater Center uh, in Teresa Coleman Wash also being kind of uh, building this thing up over the last three decades by herself, trying to figure it out all on her own and taking on all these different hats. Um, it kind of fit for the culture and the identity yeah. of our theater. And I think it also fit the national conversation and uh, the conversations that we're having with, with Dallas as well um, in, in terms of um, placing women in these positions of power. And then they face the open hostility of people that don't want them to be in, in power like that. Well, man, I, I know, Frankie, I'm, I'm making my plans to go down. I, I've got a long history with Teresa and with Bishop Arts Theater Center, so I, I know where I'm going and when I'll be there. But for any of our listeners who who hear this and want to see Denise, they want to see this production, um, how do they get to Bishop Arts Theater Center to, uh, to see the tragedy of a fellow? So um, our address is 215 South Tyler Street in, in Dallas, but you can go on our website to buy tickets at bishopartstheater.org. That's theater with an R-E at the end. So uh, Bishop Arts uh, Theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. And you'll be able to go over to our tickets and purchase uh, uh, tickets to come see Othello. Uh, we have, uh, we're running again from October 19th all the way on to November 9th, I believe. And it's going to be a really great experience. Uh, come several times. There's, there's lots to, there's lots to enjoy. Uh, but yeah, you can find us out up there. Uh, you can also uh, call us. I have the number here. Uh, I could just pull it up here real quick. You can also uh, reach out to us at our phone number, 214-948-0716, uh, and purchase tickets over the phone as well. We, we have lots of options. Uh, please, uh, please come on down. Really appreciate it. And, and for sure, I know, I, I think I saw... Uh, 16, 19, when I played festival three times. So, you know, it's always an opportunity to see something different. So definitely, you know, everybody get, don't just, once might not be enough, you know, keep keep coming back. Absolutely, absolutely. And and our entire season as well, Black Nativity, Band Books Festival with, with Heather McGee's and some of us, uh, Fanny and uh, uh, Jet Fuel as well. Come to all our shows. Uh, we, we, we'd love to have you. We'd love to show you just what it is that we offer. We have art. In our gallery that feature local artists we have uh we use local artists local designers local everything we want to show what dallas can really create here at the bishop Art Theater center come celebrate our 30th season with us. well frankie this was great man and thanks so much for joining and, and I'll, I'll definitely see you at the theater i appreciate you sean thank you this is deconstructing dallas sean williams i am going to look and see if i can find ryan trimble we'll be right back right after this
Welcome back. Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble has been found by Sean Williams. And uh, big thanks for a great interview. Sean, thanks for taking that on. And big thanks to Frankie. Yeah, it's funny. We've 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 done maybe that's the second or third time that we've we've had one where one of us is missing. Definitely not the best because, you know, from what I understand, this is not my words, but from the people who tell me that they listen, you know, they love the back and forth. They love to hear from both of us. So definitely missing something. But fortunately, Frankie was so good and had so much good information that, uh, you know, I think he was able to carry me through. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint Linda Williams as always, but, um, you know, it's our one of our top listeners. But (laughs) one of our top two. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, don't say only two, but no, no, top two. Big, big thanks to to Frankie. Um, look forward, uh, hoping to make it out to see the show. Yeah, now, um, you know, this is this is a big year. Um, I got a, I got a birthday coming up next month, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But as of the time of recording, um, there's another big birthday that we we really need to acknowledge right now. I mean, like right now. Right now is right, Sean, and thank you. Uh, you know, I always look to you for advice. And once again, you come through with me and said, maybe you should mention that it's your wife's birthday on the show. So happy birthday, Mrs. Trimble. God bless you, Sean Williams, uh, for your guidance. But yeah, happy birthday. Uh, she is enjoying her day today, Sean. So we are excited to celebrate her some more. Happy birthday, Lauren Trimble. And speaking of, you know, fans and, and readers and viewers, I am definitely checking out her blog. I mean, her IG work. And so she's oh, yeah. got, a, you know, an IG fan in me. And so I'm uh, definitely I'm a follower for sure. That's right. Adventuring party of four. I don't know if we're supposed to cross promote here, but adventuring party of four. If you're on IG give and you like travel. Go well, check I her. I don't know if we can talk about adventuring party of four or not, but if 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 we can, I, I think we should. But if not, then we can talk about adventuring party of four another time. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, Sean. Well, cool, man. Happy birthday, Mrs. Trimble. And um, we are done for right now, but man, we are on a roll. This sixth season has been spectacular. I am so excited. And, you know, the year is, is hit. we're in the fourth quarter, so we're going to have to zoom to the end. I can't wait to see what we got coming up, because uh, actually at the time of recording, I don't know. Actually, I do know. I do think we are going to talk architecture on our next episode. So That's man, correct. We, we we have got it going on. I have to, you know, not not that we don't pat each other on the back enough, but I'm, I'm going to have to right now. That's right. We've got Mark Lamster coming up, uh, as well as many more pats on the back for each other. Um, so. Really appreciate all of our great listeners, great followers. Remember, uh, if you want to check out our past episodes, head to www.allenmedia.com. That's A-L-L-Y-N media.com backslash deconstructing dash Dallas. Don't get your slashes and dashes twisted, Sean. Don't get it twisted. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, Thanks so much to Frankie Gonzalez. Uh, thanks to Teresa Coma-Wash. We are super excited about the Bishop Arts Theater Center and their vision for the tragedy of Othello with Denise Lee. Cannot wait to see it. Uh, thanks so much to our colleagues who support us here at Allen Media, especially 
especially Deborah Meek and all the work she does to help us get this podcast going. Thanks to our owners. Thanks to Jennifer Pascal. Thanks to Mary Woodleaf. Again, as Ryan said, we are um, we are really excited about our next episode. Mark Lamster, Dallas Morning News. We're going to talk a little architecture with him. Uh, if you have an opportunity to share this podcast with your friends, with your family, you know, we know our top two, who our top two listeners are, but you could be added to that number of the tens and tens of people who listen to this podcast each and every episode. So check us out on all the podcasting platforms. Give us five stars. Leave us a review. Share this podcast. We are so, so grateful for everybody that listens. Uh, we'll be back again to continue on the sixth season. But until then, this is Sean Williams for Ryan Trimble. Adios.